Hello and welcome to this episode of 10,000 Posts. It's the show about how everything is posting. My name is Hussein. My name is Phoebe. Uh, and uh, first of all, before we intro our guest and uh, intro the subject we're going to talk about, just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to this episode. We have lots of good bonus content on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash 10k post podcast. Uh, lots of good interviews, uh, film reviews, uh, Five bucks a month, it helps us to uh, run the show. It helps us run it without ads and to keep it editorial independent. So uh, yeah, consider doing that if you don't. And if you do, thank you very much. Uh, this week, we have a very special guest on someone who I have followed in the work I've liked for a really long time, uh, Paris Martineau. Paris is a tech reporter at The Information uh, and has written a really interesting article about a certain app called Blind. Uh, Paris, how's it going? It's going great. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you for coming on. And also thank you for having like the best audio of like lo- like many guests. <laughs> I was saying I am a big podcast person and nothing viscerally hurts me more than hearing AirPod quality audio while I'm trying to do my dishes. When you came on and you know, when a guest has better audio than I think like the hosts, it's like, oh yeah, this is gonna be good. Uh so I just wanted to say thank you very much for having great audio. Um, Listen, I'm here to stunt on everyone, and I hope that I can follow through on that promise. Uh, we love to see it. Um, so, yeah, as mentioned at the beginning of uh, the uh, of the intro, uh, you wrote this very interesting article on the information about an app called Blind. Um, and I've sort of heard about Blind a little bit in the course of reading things. It's mostly sort of Blind is usually referenced in terms of uh, tech gossip, gossip in Silicon Valley. Um, and that's that's kind of true, but that's only part of the story. So for people who don't know what Blind is, can you tell us about what is Blind? How did you kind of find out about it? And like, what's its position in relation to like tech and social media? Yeah, so Blind is sort of like Reddit. It's this anonymous online forum where employees of major companies and startups can kind of go to gripe and gossip about everything from the latest like boneheaded return to office plan to the horrors of dating in San Francisco. And the thing that sets Blind apart from other social platforms is that to join, you have to verify what company you work for by using a corporate email to sign up. So once you create an account, your account is totally anonymous, except for this little badge next to your username that says where you work, like Amazon, Microsoft, Twitter, whatever. Um, I found out about Blind because I've been kind of in the tech reporting field for a while. And it's just always a good place to go to kind of get a finger on the gossip. Mm. But um, it actually, the thing that really interested me as I was digging into this article is like it was founded in South Korea in kind of the early 2010s. And it really took off in the US tech industry, like starting in 2015. Like its, its rise is kind of very neatly tied to this deluge of major like news events and crises that have kind of swept through mm. Silicon Valley. And left tech workers looking for a way to communicate with their colleagues without, you know, fear of reprisal from their corporate overlords. Mm. Yeah, and I thought this was like really in a really interesting aspect of your article because, um, like, it seemed there seems to be a situation where initially when Blind comes on the scene, tech companies are. I don't want to say grateful for it, but they're sort of not anti it. Like in and in some cases, they even kind of incorporate um, support of blind into their attempts to sort of bring in like reforms. And that, but it's but quite often it feels like disingenuous. So I sort of wondered whether you could talk to us about how we've gotten to the point now where like certain tech companies, like Uber, for example, um, who initially kind of say that they're like open to you know, uh, or, or that they they support initially, like they support like the you know gossip from blind, in terms of like helping them detect where they need to like change and everything, to up to a point now where like they're blocking or they've blocked, uh, uh, they yeah they've blocked like these types of services. I'm I'm wondering whether actually I'm wondering whether I got that right. Like, was it the case that Uber were, um, anti-blind and then sort of became more supportive over it, or, or the other way around? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's kind of interesting. Blind uh, was founded in South Korea. It came to the U.S. around like 2014, 2015. It didn't really make that big of a splash. There had been all of these uh, anonymous messaging and posting apps mm. like Yik Yak or Secret that kind of left a bad taste in people's mouth. Mm. It was just kind of a place for folks to go and shit talk people anonymously. 
And then blind comes in and it's got this little bit of a difference, which is that you have to tie it to work. Yeah. And quickly it ends up taking off. Like let's what I think one of the um, first things that really happened was there was this huge story that the New York Times published in 2015 about how terrible the work culture at Amazon was. Mm. People crying at their desks, whatnot. And Publicly, the response from Amazon employees and executives is like, oh, no, this is bullshit. Like people were writing on Medium, Twitter, being like, Amazon's a great place to work. But this article, after it was published, thousands of Amazon employees signed up for Blind specifically to be like, someone is crying at their desk right now. This article right, is right. on the nose. And so you have kind of a lot of situations like this start happening with um, Susan Fowler's blog post about uh, sexual harassment yeah. at Uber in 2017 that became a big sticking point for Uber employees to join. So mm -hmm. early on in this period from like 2015 to 2019, tech companies really were like blind is very annoying to us. Um, mm. Uber, in response to all a lot of its employees signing up for blind to discuss sexual harassment and kind of silence from management, Uber in response blocked blind from its Wi-Fi network. Mm. And, you know, part of the way that you sign up from blind, like I said before, was you have to kind of confirm that you're a current employee by using your email address, your work email address. Companies like Uber and Tesla started like blocking incoming emails from Blind, which the company got around. But there was this period um, as Blind rose to prominence that tech companies were like, get this thing out of here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's bad for us to have. Obviously, I mean, if you're a tech company executive, you're like, I don't want my employees kind of organizing mm -hmm. against me anonymously in mass. But the thing that I think is very interesting is tech CEOs I've found like through this reporting still really hate blind. They bitch and moan about how anonymous people are slagging them off and whatnot, but they've had to kind of accept it because it's not going away. Mm. And part of what a lot of these companies have started doing over the last couple of years is now you have multiple people at like HR or PR whose their whole job is to monitor blind, see what employees are upset about, find a way to stop leaks before they, uh, you know, reach the press and kind of monitor employee discontent mm. through this platform. So really, it's, a, I think, a really good framing for uh, thinking about how little the average HR department actually does to protect its employees. Um, oh, it's, absolutely. It, it, like, <laughs> like HR is there to protect the company and to protect management. And I think people would do well to well to remember this. Uh, something that's interesting that uh, that sort of struck me while I was while I was reading your um, extremely interesting and excellent piece is um, because I've been thinking about trying to do something about blind for a while. And after somebody who I know who will remain who will remain anonymous uh, got really drunk at a party, someone who's a tech worker, and started and started saying like, you know, what you should be looking at if you want to see what's going on in tech, you need to get on to blind. Like, I can send you some screenshots, but there's a limit to the number of screenshots that you can take, um, which is I think an interesting in app functionality i don't know if that's still the case but it was certainly the case back in january that you that they that you could take screenshots but you were limited for how many that's so interesting i didn't realize that, that. I, I guess i've never tried to screenshot it i always just because you can send links yeah to yeah most of the public but, posts but you can but but that's only for the public posts so it's anything from like the private forums and she's like yeah yeah, yeah there's the stuff going on in there that you know it's like it really would really be worth looking into and because neither of us obviously have have corporate email addresses um, and we are not deemed to be kind of legitimate tech reporters, it was very difficult for us to find a way in. So I was really, really excited um, to, to, read, to read your piece and be like, okay, so someone's found a way in, which is really, really good, really exciting. Um, but I, I, I think what is interesting about it is from, yeah, from, read, from read, reading your pieces, how little it seems to get used in the way that anonymous apps tend to get used. It doesn't seem to be so focused on um, on gossip and on shit talking. It does seem to be a kind of almost like an ersatz union that they've 
built for themselves um, in in a sector and an industry which is very very hostile to worker organization and is very uh, very keen to bribe workers out of um, out of organizing and I I, th- I find it quite I find it quite heartening when when workers kind of find a way around that around that kind of stuff which I think it seems to be the case that they that they've been doing with this um, with this platform. Absolutely. I mean, there is quite a bit of gossip and shit posting. Oh, let's not. I mean, of course. Uh, like, I'm not, yeah, I'm, like, I think mm, one no, of my favorite like uh, things about Blind is that somehow part of the language of the platform has been that every post has to include like TC or GTFO, like which is total comp or get the fuck out. And so it'll be a post being like, "Oh, I love that it's going to be fall soon." Total compensation, $700,000 plus equity, you know? Um, But to your point, I totally agree. I mean, I think one of the things that has fascinated me so much about Blind is that, I mean, chip posts aside, it has become this really interesting tool for educating your fellow workers and arming them to arming them against the managerial class you mm. know and this is for a subsect of the like working industry that is traditionally mm. very anti like workers rights mm. you know i mean one of the biggest uses of blind and that's why the whole tc and gtfo culture began is that people when they get back in you know the halcyon days the tech mm-hmm. industry when they're like i have five different offers from the top companies which one should i take and a big part of it is helping people with salary negotiation. Mm. Um, I do think it's interesting, though. I mean, that in the U.S., Blind hasn't gone full like union yet. But in South Korea, where it originated, Blind effectively operates like a labor union for mm. a lot of workers. That's interesting. There is a really interesting example in um, in South Korea, Starbucks workers so many companies are on blind in South Korea. It is incredibly popular, like a household name. And Starbucks workers in South Korea effectively use the platform to like unionize and mm. organize like a huge protest against working conditions in 2021. And they at one point had gotten reach outs from a labor union being like, hey, guys, what you're doing is organizing. Join our labor union. And they were like, no, thanks. We've got this. And they ended up doing a kind of organized action of protest and they got immediate results. Starbucks South Korea ended up hiring like 2000 more workers as a result. That's, that's really, really cool. That's really int- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I was because I was going to ask uh, whether you had any insight into how because like, um, yeah, Blind Blind was started in South Korea and it was started by uh yeah it was started by um two guys one of them one of whom like is referenced in your piece or at least kind of quoted in your piece uh sungkook moon and uh kyum kim uh and when they're trying to like make it in america they they try to go to silicon valley first but it doesn't quite work out and i think the point one of the points made is that because of the way that silicon valley companies are structured where and i think this is very interesting because part of the appeal of silicon valley is the idea that like, well, when you get a job at like Google or Facebook or whatever, you're kind of being accepted into like another elite campus. Like you never need to leave. And the fact that they're never, but the fact that no one really needs to leave these campuses means that it's been very difficult for um, apps like Blind to sort of like get shit on people. But then they move to Seattle where it's kind of much less of the case. And, they're, and then we're able to basically get a bunch of Microsoft people um, is it Microsoft people? Are they very able to get like some tech, uh, tech, some tech company workers like really drunk and get them to like tell them the secrets and stuff? I wondered whether <laughs> you could kind of talk a little bit about it was Amazon that they how... did that with. Yeah, oh, was it Amazon? Yeah. Okay, sorry, apologies. Um, it's really interesting. Yeah, because I mean, so Blind originally took off in South Korea, and how they did that was they the two founders like leveraged their connections from previous like workplaces, like they worked at um this like search giant called Naver that had previously had its own internal company forum. So when they launched this, they reached out to their old colleagues and they're like, hey, we've made this external version of it, sign up, and they grew right. it one okay, company yeah. at a time. But being when they went to the US, they didn't really know anybody and they're like, everybody has this bad taste in their mouth from like yik mm. yak and secret. No one was particularly interested. And they're like, we'll go out and meet people. But 
they couldn't they were having a hard time because they're like no one's leaving google's campus because they get massages and three meals a day and their dry cleaning done they were having a hard time finding any people to kind of convince through Mm -hmm. word of mouth Mm -hmm. so they decided oh what company what other kind of tech companies other amazon which famously has little to no benefits you get a free banana every day is their big perk for their workers you know so they're like great we'll uh, rent an apartment right near the campus and spend the next like couple months taking Amazon employees out for dinner. They'd throw wild parties every night, buying everybody shots. And they were like, little by little, we convinced them that we were a legit platform that they should come like join. And I think at first Amazon employees were using it for like, oh, people keep leaving through this exit and leaving the door locked like unlock the doors the rest of us can get back little tiny stuff (laughs) obviously Mm -hmm. that uh you know new york times uh article i mentioned really blew it up and started kind of the discourse that you see today but then they moved to microsoft and once they would kind of figured out a uh a strategy for onboarding people then they were able to kind of go back to silicon valley and expand it Mm. Mm. it's so interesting how unguarded people can be um if you if they just feel like they've got a sympathetic ear, um, I think that's I always think I always think that's so, absolutely. That's so I mean, it's, it's the combination of anonymity plus, like I guess, like I guess it'd be like pseudonymous, you know, because you your identity is protected, but you know that the person you're talking to is a another Amazon worker. Mm. Well, one thing I guess for the audience, I don't know if I mentioned, is that in addition to having this kind of public forum where you can see a post from an anonymous Amazon employee or a Microsoft worker or whatever, there's also these private forums where it is Mm. just a company channel for Amazon employees only. And that's where the hottest gossip gets shared. Um, But I think that that is, that was the secret sauce for the platform becoming this big thing. And something I didn't end up getting to include in my article, but I found really fascinating in my interviews with one of the co-founders is that early on in blinds, um, like I think month one or two of it existing when they're still in South Korea, they were testing out some stuff and they realized, hey, if we take off the company name from our posters, they post way more. They're posting all the time about all sorts of things. Mm. But they decided we want to keep that on there because we think the quality of the posts is a lot better when people have some idea of who this anonymous person is. Mm. And I think that decision like really shaped the platform in a very interesting way that is kind of counterintuitive to how I think most social media yeah. giants think about their users. I, I, won- I, 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 wonder what, I wonder why that is. I wonder if there's sort of something of the, of, again, it's very ersatz, but a kind of abstracted social contract. So you don't, so it's true, you don't exactly know who they are, but if you know what company they're working for, you do have you do have the sense that you could run across them and you could find out that this is who you've mm. been talking to, which is very different in terms of like depersonalization uh, from in some entirely kind of pseudonymous thing. I'm like, maybe that's part of it. I'd like, I'd, I, I, I genuinely don't know. I wonder if you had any thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I think that it. I think that it allows puts users in a unique place that is a bit like it's not like you're posting on reddit or some anonymous like instagram account you've made there is some aspect of this account that is tied back to you in a concrete and measurable way even if you know that no one is going to conceivably identify you the idea that they could Mm. perhaps gives this sort of check to it where people behave a little bit more normally. I mean, not that blind posters there are some that are still absolutely insane as there are on every part of the internet, but it's a little bit tempered in a way that I think is interesting. Mm. It also kind of just like from a user or reader perspective of looking at these posts, it allows like a level of authority. Um, like you can be like, oh, I see a public post about how Microsoft is going to do layoffs in two weeks and people should be, uh, you know, should watch out that this person is a verified Microsoft employee. So I'm going to give that piece mm-hmm. of gossip. Like it has some level of authority that is different than, I don't know, some anonymous Reddit user. Mm. 
I also wonder if people are um, a little bit not not less care- not not less careful, but a little bit less guarded, sort of now in a way that they might not have been maybe fifteen years ago, because people, particularly presumably people who work in tech, have their lives so kind of managed and contoured by uh, by a kind of platform mediated culture um it what it just makes me think of i don't i don't know if either of you saw this story um but a few years ago there was a a, a sort of scandal where a, a black a cia black site was was identified because the agents who um who were working out of the black site um, had been leaving on their Stravas. Um, yeah, yeah. Had been like, had been like, ta- had been like tagging nearby towns on like their Instagram stories. Um, there was another si- going on their cute little runs. <laughs> going on their cute little runs, like forgetting to turn <laughs> off the mapping. There was um, there was a there was a really 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 similar story in. Um, with the Dutch Secret Service, with uh, this, I think it was like a like a beer app, and where like it, like it's for, this is for like this is for like IPA people, um, <laughs> and if you and anywhere you go and you have a new beer, you got to log it on your on your app. And a bunch of um, yeah, a bunch of kind of Dutch Secret Service agents had forgotten to turn off there were like the, the location services and we're just like carrying on like diligently entering every single beer that they that they drank and it was all in this kind of secret location um and uh, and, and and yeah and there was a, and there was another there was another story um which was about how um how difficult it now is if you are um an italian if you're an Italian mob operative trying to prevent their teenage children from <laughs> from posting about their like family's criminal activities, mm. um, and this is apparently <laughs> like kind of like a real like a real problem now because you'll have these like these like kind of children of the mafia with like TikTok account, TikTok accounts. Yeah, uh, I, I think I told you the story about in Japan there was like a little bit of a scandal when I was there. Well, I think like the end of it, and it was because like some yakuza's like grandson was like kind of famous on TikTok, um, yeah. but that yakuza was still not in hiding, but had some enemies, mm. um, and so it was like, huh, yeah, if like you know, uh, very very similar situation. I thought that was like quite yeah, quite it's, like a funny. It's like, um, it's, yeah, it's, I'm just imagining someone <laughs> like zooming in on a TikTok dance video and being like, enhance, enhance. <laughs> <laughs> you can see the reflection in his glasses. Oh no, oh, no. That's where the I think um, they were able to identify it because there was like a photo frame of the grandfather with his grandson. Oh, incredible. And so but you'd you'd really have to zoom in, but like someone noticed. So clearly once it kind of goes into Japanese meat, once it goes into the media, it like becomes this big thing. And that, so, cause that because yeah. that's true crime brain as well. Like it's mm, like spending your point. time kind yeah. of like really kind of like analyzing analyzing yeah, analyzing posts um yeah no i just think i think it's a, i think it's a kind of a, it's an interesting interesting kind of combination of um of a kind of broader cultural shift to the expectation of not necessarily having to live your life publicly because obviously not everyone has to do that but just the just absolutely giving up any sense um that your life is not being tracked somewhere uh and mm-hmm. something and something like blind I, I wonder if that like part of it is like the kind of uh the kind of the mixture between uh, between public and private um feels like a kind of way of sort of reestablishing kind of control over over how much of your yeah. life is lived publicly, I don't know. I don't. Maybe that's maybe that's maybe that's going. Maybe that's going a bit far. I just think, yeah. I don't know. I I I I am almost sure that such a thing would not be would not take off fifteen twenty years ago. Um, not just because the infrastructure wasn't available, but because 
I think there would been been a sort of much sort of stronger cultural idea of what no 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 I can't post on this because it will be it will it will get tracked back to me. It absolutely will get yeah. tracked back to me if I if I if I if I post on here and I will lose my job. And that doesn't seem to be a, of of huge huge concern. Um, yeah, I think it's also notable that um, the monthly active users, if I'm recalling correctly, from Blind was at like two or three million a month before the pandemic. And then over the last three years has spiked to like 13 or 14 million a month. Oh, that is interesting. Um, and I think it it's twofold. I think one, obviously people looking for social outlets in times of isolation is a huge part of it. But I also think like to your point, I don't think that a platform like Blind would have taken off during the days of everything about the tech industry is fantastic. Mm. We're the luckiest people in the world to work at these companies. They're doing good. We're at the forefront of uh, innovation. And now, like, I think the fact that the tech industry has been hit with waves of layoffs over the past couple of years that uh, we're no longer in this zero interest rate phenomena period mm. where everything is great and everyone just gets lots of money. Um, I think now that tech workers are having to contend with many of the same sort of issues that average workers are, um, which is this growing and very growingly obvious like power, uh, which is this total loss of power and the realization that your bosses and employer like does not care about you. Mm. I think that that has led people to seek out places like blind where they can communicate with other people on their level in a more open and transparent way. Mm. And because like, I mean, of all places, uh, tech would not be somewhere where you would imagine would be a kind of fruitful ground for kind of labor radicalization. So I do think that it's mm-hmm. a good thing. It's a good thing that it, that it is, I think. Not like radicalization, maybe. Again, maybe I'm going a little bit far. I mean, I'm I think a little for bit, them, it's maybe radicalization. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's huge for, you know, these people who are uh, previously probably their only big issues would be like, which house in San Francisco should I purchase? Mm. Now they're like, does my employer have too much power? Are Mm. they profiting off of our labor in a way that's unfair? Mm. I don't know. I feel Mm. like that feels that feels to me like a cautiously positive development. Yeah, Mm. I was sort of wondering because Blind's been around for a while. Um, and as you sort of alluded to, like it was kind of around during the sort of tail end of the zero interest rates period. And I wondered whether there's sort of been a change in the way or like a market change in the way that people in the tech industry have been using it. Like we're, like it, when it sort of comes to America um, in the first place, like is it much more, you know, is a part of the post on blind much more about like, you know, gossip? Is it about like uh workplace relations and everything and so and and now as like as you mentioned like these tech workers possibly for the first time are having to deal with the question about you know whether they're going to have jobs in the next few years whether they're going to be like either automated out or outsourced and so on and are the conversations on blind now much more to do with labor issues and does that go how, how much does that go in explaining the tech industry's like growing disdain for it like is it is the tech and is our like ceo's attitude to blind in the states changing because what they're noticing now is that a lot of people on that app are sort of complaining about workplace conditions which are sort of essential to making these companies actually function and that they can't really romanticize anymore yeah i mean i think that since blind started taking off in the u.s the tenor of discussion is always kind of centered around workplace issues and gossip. It's, I think it is notable that for many of the largest companies, the thing that set blind, you know, sent users going to blind is a major, you know, crises or news events that led workers to want to talk about it in an open forum or talk about their, the response from management. But like we've just discussed, I think what has changed over the past couple of years has been that the issues are no longer, 
they're no longer uh, just thought experiments. It's no longer, oh, what do we think about this large news crisis of the mm-hmm. day or Microsoft's uh, acquisition of LinkedIn or this complaint by one of our colleagues about sexual harassment. It is the issues that the average tech worker are facing are much more existential and much more present in their everyday life. It is layoffs. It's job security. It is working conditions. It's like a total lack of uh, other viable um, job opportunities if they wanted to leave. It's, you know, being forced to return to the office to sit at a desk when they should be doing something else with their time. And in many cases, it is looking at the growing, incre- the incre- ever-increasing wealth of their CEOs or founders and their increasingly buffoonish actions online or in the public eye. And I think that obviously that those sort of discussions as they crystallize and as they become more common is of course going to piss off the bosses. I mean, especially I think the thing that I learned from talking to a number of these CEOs and founders about why they hate blind so much is they all fall back on the, oh, it's anonymous and anonymous platforms are just hotbeds of negativity. But I think ultimately what they really mean is I don't like people criticizing me en masse in a way that invites other employees to agree with those criticisms and maybe do something about it. Um, You can't control that. And I think that lack of control, I think the thing that has changed is that in many of these companies, most of their workforce is on blind. Like I believe um, one thing that had really surprised me is finding out that I think 90% of meta employees have a blind account, which is insane. (laughs) I mean, that is a, that is nearly all of your workforce. Mm. Yes kind of nuts yeah that's that's extremely nuts i mean i think that has been like impacted i think part of the reason why it is so high is because the times when employees join blind in mass are like after layoffs mm. or uh news of corporate tumult which we've had a lot of lately um so it's obviously shot up and the employee number of employees at a company like meta has been reduced by all the cuts but still yeah. i mean that is a huge space for organizing mm. Mm. so what kind of things have been kind of coming out of uh of blind posting has there been any kind of sort of formal real world stuff going on or is it more that it just it just kind of frightens frightens tech bosses and therefore is therefore is interesting it's interesting in the US there hasn't been haven't been like many formal actions or uh you know anything that is spilled out into the public view in kind of a formal way originating from blind but I think again that's more related to the fact that tech workers are inherently very skeptical of the need for collective organizing and mm. labor actions generally in Korea, though, it there have been so many like very specific outcomes from blind. Like in 2021, employees at this giant chip maker, SK Hynix, uh, they kind of took to blind to express outrage at stagnating salaries and a lack of profit sharing from their corporate overlords. And like this outpouring of grievances on blind immediately spark change at the company. Like the chairman of the company offered to return his entire 2020 salary, uh, which was about like 3 billion won um, and decide and apologize to all of the employees for uh, kind of how the company had previously calculated profit sharing rewards. And they ended up giving the entire staff a huge salary increase. I read Mm. it was kind of equivalent to 10 months of their base salary, which is, wild as a response to kind of online grievances Mm. that's that is really interesting i do wonder how much of that is to do with during the sort of zero interest rates period where there's like a lot of money going around silicon valley and there seems to kind of at least from the outside perspective it sort of feels like lots of tech companies are trying to like woo people into sort of coming to work for them right and so you know that's where you sort of have like the treats and the like the big campuses where everything gets done for you um but also like 
them responding to you know grumbles them responding to kind of like employees kind of being unsatisfied or concerned about things is also a way of trying to protect themselves because they kind of know that oh if you have like an exodus of people then they're just going to go somewhere else and you don't really want that to happen um whereas now like you know in the midst of all these tech layoffs one of the things that we spoke about on the show but also has been still very very evident are lots of tech people saying well we don't actually give a shit if you leave anyway because you're either going to get replaced by ai or we can outsource you at a much cheaper rate um and so you need us a lot more than we need you and i do wonder whether like the the approach even to kind of pretending to try fix the problems are now kind of like not really kind of like the american tech companies aren't really thinking about ways in which they can sort of fix their corporate cultures it is much more about like kind of stopping or at least kind of curtailing the dissent um before it kind of becomes potentially unmanageable i think that's absolutely um right i think especially right now companies are worried about how are we going to survive the next 12 to 18 months uh, without getting more venture funding or how are we going to make our shareholders happy or, you know, how are we going to manage getting, you know, the amount of revenue we want with a much smaller workforce. And it's no longer the uh, top of mind concern isn't how do we continue to attract employees it is, I mean, because it's an employer's market right now. You have all of these tech workers who've been recently laid off that are now in the position of looking for jobs in a labor market that has radically shifted from being employee-centric to employer-centric. Mm. And I think that that shift is something that you're also seeing the effects of in how they manage crises. Because mm. it's interesting because the way the way that we're describing it in the way that we're talking about it makes it sound like really management have nothing to fear whatsoever from um from what goes on on blind apart from just a kind of uh a sort of brief puncturing of their capacity for control over their employees if it's not in the states leading to uh real world uh real world action it's just something that they just they just don't like it they just don't like it's they just don't like the idea of it um uh, particularly since if they know that this that the current labor market is stacked against um stacked against them so what i'm wondering is why they behave like they are so rattled by it kind of giving anonymous quotes about how it's a nightmare and trying to prevent your staff from looking at it while at work which which by the way has got to be the quickest way to make sure that a bunch of people are going to start looking at it cuz they're gonna oh, think it's the stress well, end effect one on one. It's like this is so this is so basic. This is like this is such this is such this is such basic stuff. Like don't don't make something seem like it's got all this kind of information the boss doesn't want you to see on it. Because of course that's gonna be the first place first place you look. Um but why do you think that like given given that this marketplace is not stacked in favor and particularly presumably as companies start to rely more on um, machine learning for coding as well uh why you think that the the bosses are still so kind of alarmed is it just the idea yeah. of any kind of worker organization just like just scares them no i think it's way more primal than that i think it is uh these People, startup CEOs, founders, executives in the tech industry are used to, over the last 20 years, they were hailed as heroes mm. of American culture. They were hailed as like the best and brightest, the smartest people in the world, the innovators. They're moving fast and breaking things. We love them. We fear them. And now all of a sudden, their employees are sh talking them on blind. Mm. 
they hate that. I think it is yes, literally a just, very primal oh, thing. Just, oh, of, oh. They're like, oh, why are people, <laughs> why are these people that I've given jobs so mad at the fact that they get to work here? Yeah. Why are they so ungrateful? I think it is. The thing is literally uh, just like very simple. Just like yeah. kind of biting a corner out of their glass thing. I love feedback. I welcome it. <laughs> um, it's, it's something uh, that I really, really enjoy. Good thing. Please give me. In fact, the more critical, the better. I simply I think it's the same reason why these CEOs hate like the tech press or Mm. journalism is they don't want anything that shatters and it's obviously not all CEOs hashtag not all CEOs as they say um but for many of these people many of the loudest voices in the room they don't like anything that shatters this bubble of we're the good guys. Yeah. We're doing great work. And they don't want challenging and they don't want oversight and they definitely don't want to be held to account by their own employees. Presumably that's sort not of in a way that they not, can't not, control. Not in, any, not, in any, not in any way, shape or form. Uh, well, something that I thought, like, another thing that I wanted to pick out was the way that it um, it's kind of modeled after, uh, in, terms of its, in terms of its data architecture, that it is modeled after a number of different kind of existing websites. So it sort of somewhere falls between a message board and somewhere uh, and somewhere like either Amazon or or Glassdoor, which is which is interesting, I think, because it sort of frames your workplace as a product which you can which you can then review. Uh, which mm-hmm. again I think seems to be like quite a kind of legible and understandable framework to the average internet user that everything is a is a product which is which is which has the capacity for for feedback and has the capacity for reviewing and there's a kind of mediated relationship between the like the consumed and the consumer um but of course the difference with blind is that uh presumably there are methods to prevent bosses from intervening in what happens on blind I actually you know what I actually don't I actually don't know I'm saying presumably like is is that the case is there is there something to stop um to stop bosses um either brigading themselves or kind of paying people to brigade blind um yeah I mean I think that is the case blind um in order to I guess like take, get a post taken down you have to report it and blind kind of has an internal system, and I think also a uh, moderation team that reviews some of these posts. An internal system to determine whether or not the reports for a particular post or comment are uh, worth listening to or not. And something that the team has had to contend with a lot over the past five, seven years is like HR teams or something at a company mass reporting some salacious piece of gossip or a leak that they don't want out there. And at least the uh, co-founders and folks at the company say they've kind of built their system around being able to spot things like that Mm. and uh, address them in a way because they're like, it's ultimately not helpful for us if companies are able to squash the sort of debate that our platform lives on. I think that what they've tried to do as an alternative is one of the products they offer to like, tech companies or U.S. uh, companies generally is this insights um, platform where essentially, Mm. let's say if you are a Facebook HR person, you could log in and it's got kind of a interesting um, way to showcase, hey, here's what people are saying about Facebook on blind, Um, you know. Like these sort of things come up often in posts. Uh, here's an overview of the kind of reviews people are leaving, employees are leaving for your company and the main point of concerns and kind of giving them a window into seeing the conversation on blind, but they don't change it. Um, but I think that something that the company had also said is that they then try to offer companies, I guess, like guidance on maybe things you could do to make your workplace better based on this like criticism. I don't know how well that'll work, but it's it's like a P, like PR and crisis management firm kind of like wrapped up into it. Yeah, which I think is like a very <laughs> interesting tension here. It's because like yeah. obviously what I assume like a company like Blind has realized is that they've built this huge uh user base of 
very rich, very powerful employees, but they are the product. <laughs> I mean, in a way, yeah. uh, they those disgruntled posts are the product because those people probably aren't going to be spending money to access Blind. Um, Blind has launched, I think, job boards and things like that targeting employees, but the real money is where yeah. the companies are. And so what they're selling is here's a actually accurate, albeit slanting very negative snapshot of what yeah. your employees really think. Mm. Pay us and yeah. we'll tell you so, what and they're that, talking about. And that's also, is, is, I mean, it's kind of completely predictable, but it's also just so bizarre. But like, so as you know, the, the pivot is really going to be like, the the disc well the disgruntled employees to a certain degree but also like employees that have really faced like discrimination and forms of abuse are mm -hmm. basically doing like uh they they are going to be they're the ones who are sort of pinpointing the improvements that like said company can make and so the you you know and so, they're doing that for free <laughs> and, and, yeah and that's the other thing like as with all forms of posting it's like yeah you are basically doing this company's job for free for them um. And I did wonder, and I did wonder like about this because one of the things that came up when I was looking into this, and I think you actually mentioned it in your article, is the ways in which like blind as it kind of like established as as it has established itself as a you know in Silicon Valley, um, is being subsumed by the system, right? Like it is kind of expanding. It is kind of it, it got like softbank softbank funding like not that long ago. Um, mm -hmm. And so it also clearly has ambitions to be a tech company, even if it is this platform that like was like sort of came to prominence by allowing people working in the tech industry to sort of like criticize the way that it worked. And I wondered whether you kind of saw that or whether there's like a feeling among some, some blind users that there is sort of inherent contradiction into this that has changed their relationship to it. Like as blind has sort of grown, have tech people who worked in tech industry um like are they kind of like turning away from it on the basis that they don't really trust it anymore or like what's that how how's their relationship like changed it's interesting i mean blinds attempts to kind of monetize its user base have only really come about in the u.s over the past like year or two i think following the big pandemic spike in user growth and raising a new round of funding it's kind of when they started looking to you know how are we going to turn this into an actual business? But there hasn't been that much of a response from the user base uh, related to these changes, or at least not that I had been able to see. I mean, there are, you know, a handful of posts here and there about, uh, you know, blind is running ads or what is this blind job board? Is that going to identify me? Um, what is blind doing with our data? But it isn't, hasn't become the sort of like mass user movement that mm. you see at a company like Reddit or even like a fraction of that. Um, I think because it seems like Blind tries to, like they had just done a AMA with I think one of their like co-founders and president with the community. And a lot of the questions were about stuff like this anonymity and like how the company is going to protect them. Um, but I'm curious to see if that feeling from the users if that changes if blind is successful in doing what it intends to do because mm -hmm. i agree that i don't i think that there's like an inherent tension here in how do you you build you build this business by and for employees but ultimately your customers are going to be their employers yeah. how do you navigate that mm. Mm. what what is blind doing with their data? Is this something that is known? Um, I'll probably get some of the technical details wrong. My understanding of it is they have this like patented system they've used from the beginning where like essentially you sign up for an account. You have to use your corporate email of some sort to verify your workplace. They send, you know, an email you enter in the code and then they separate the data into two buckets one is like your login and whatnot which is still your corporate email address but that is like anonymized and separate from the actual posts and things that you make yeah. 
So blind always says like we could not identify the who made a post. Okay. And we do that very purposefully so that we'll never be in a put in a situation where a company is pressuring us to give us that data. Okay. But, you know, I take everything that a company says the grain of salt. So yeah, cool. <laughs> Be quite funny if um, there was a if yeah. there was a spe- if there was a forum de- dedicated to the employees of Blind just to see how <laughs> just to see like how strongly they take how seriously they take that um, that promise. Yeah. <laughs> when I was reading your piece, I was sort of thinking about Silicon Valley's or like these tech guys' kind of approach and belief about anonymity and whether kind of the situation with blind and its sort of like relationship to the tech industry has changed the way that both its users and also of tech CEOs like how they kind of what how they sort of think about anonymity and the right to anonymity in tech at the moment because i i mean this is something that i'm sort of like broadly quite confused about partly on the basis that like when we've when we've spoken about elon in, in the past like you know one of his you know albeit things that you take with like a big mound of salt being like you know anonymity is very important and like you know we sort of need to protect it uh with other tech ceos kind of implying the same thing largely on the basis of tending to wanting to protect right-wing accounts but then in the same breath sort of saying but no tech ceos need to know exactly like who their threats are for like reasons that paris that you have pointed out both on this episode and in the article um but where like where anonymity is sort of central to blind having any sort of value as like an industry or in the context of the industry, but also where it is that sense of anonymity that really threatens at least like this, a certain aspect of like the white collar tech world. How is this kind of, how is blind really, how is blind like influenced and shaped their approach to anonymity on the internet right now, if it has at all? I think it's an interesting question because I think that um, obviously these tech leaders hate anonymity in blinds instance because it empowers their employees and people that they could conceivably know to criticize them in ways that make them deeply uncomfortable my read on it is i mean this could be totally off base speculation is that i don't think that these tech executives think of anonymity on other platforms in the same way they do blind like it you know, uh, the average Reddit user or Twitter user, or even, you know, an Instagram user, those are technically could be anonymous if you want. Like they think of those people more from, from a user standpoint of a like monetizable unit that produces content and consumes content and consumes ads. Um, and I think that that is in many cases, wholly different from something like my employees are uh, posting terrible memes of how I look mm. without a shirt on a yacht, you know? Um, <laughs> I think that the fervor people have around blind is uniquely like personal mm. um, in a way that is somewhat disingenuous or at least like not that well thought out. Um, like people, whenever I would speak to tech execs, they would rage against like, oh, you know, anonymity just breeds the worst kind of posts. Like nothing good can come from anonymity. But it's like, you know, that's not really how the Internet works. Blind is less anonymous mm. than your average Reddit user. You know, at least yeah. it's got some verified nature. And I think that that is what scares them. Mm. Is there a functionality within it where you can click? on a username and see everything that they've posted no you can click on the username um at least like last time i looked like a month ago and you can message the user but it doesn't show like their posting Mm. history i think conceivably maybe you could like uh because blind like the public posts are also like indexed by google search Mm. you could maybe like put their username in quotes and see what comes up but i don't know how uh, comprehensive that would be because you'd also change your username i think like every day um there i mean one notable example of an user who's de-anonymized is uh within the last year or two uh do you guys remember the uh there was that ceo of better.com 
who fired like a couple, like 700 or something employees through a very brisk Zoom call. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That got, and then afterwards, as the employees were uh, all taken to blind to complain about it, um, some user with the username uneducated kept responding, being like, actually, all of the workers were totally lazy and weren't doing any work at all, like two hours of work a day. They deserve to be fired. You guys shouldn't be complaining on here, like blah, blah, blah. And it turns out that that was the CEO um, who admitted, I think, to either Fortune or Forbes. Yes, I'm user uneducated and I stand by all of my posts. And his posts were, I mean, they were vicious. Uh, That's incredible. And that, and that, was, and that yeah. a bit answers my question earlier from about, um, about, the, about whether or not there's anything to prevent CEOs from doing something like that um but of course but I suppose it's a sort of quite different context from uh remember a couple of years ago there were uh all these Twitter accounts that were like popping up which were um which were kind of defending Amazon's working practices and these and these turned out to be people who had been paid to do it yeah or had been otherwise or bribed to do it and there was what there was there was sort of one who was um who was who was a sing, who was a single mother um who said don't join the union because union dues would so cut into my paycheck and this is a really good place to work so presumably the the anonymous nature and also presumably other kind of internal structures make it make it hard or maybe not maybe not hard but not really worthwhile for mm. companies to to kind of pull something similar. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think because the anonymous nature, it's probably harder for the average user employee to catch astroturfing mm. in the same way. Yeah. I mean, if it's just someone saying, oh, no, that isn't true. Uh, this is a great workplace and no one's going to get laid off next week. Yeah. I know because I'm a manager. There's nothing really to tie that back as neatly as yeah. it was on Twitter of like yeah. all the Amazon accounts having like the same name and a very similar, I think, profile picture or something mm. like that. Mm. Um, but also I think, I don't know, I think that's one of the things kind of interesting about Blind is it's like a poster's paradise mm. and you just, you you take the posts as they come and a lot of people will call out some people either rightfully or wrongfully for being a shill and then move on to the next post. Mm. That's how that is, guess, that is how yeah. you should that, that is how you should be how you should be doing it. I think you still ca I think you can still look at posting history on on Reddit if they if it they're posting on definitely on public subreddits. Um, and that's probably if you fancy doing a bit of detective work, that's probably not the worst way of kind of making kind of a guess on who this person is. Um, if you have kind of some can, other yeah. information about them. I think it can yeah, be I for some reason am kind of a psycho, and sometimes if I am, uh, I will just go through a random user's posting history on Reddit and be like, "Who are you? <laughs> like, <laughs> what me. do you do? Show me what. Yeah, show and me it's your, great, Show me you know? your character. Give it, curate it for me. Yeah, I feel like oh my god, because like someone found I had like a Reddit burner account when I was sort of like doing uh, the more unsavory elements of my job. Um, and I didn't want my, my face to be put onto it. And then somewhat, I don't know how they did it, um, but they did find out that that was my, and, it, and like, there was nothing like super embarrassing about it. It was literally just like kind of lurking and sort of trying to like provoke in sort of, you know, to see what ha would happen. I think it's related to uh, the incel story, the incel mm. group story I told a couple of weeks ago. Uh. Um, and someone did find that and they were just like, hey, I just want you to know that I found you. I found your weird like Reddit crew, your Reddit thing. And my question was like, how, 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 how did you find it? Like mm. what, what sort of gave it away? True I do crime think that you brain. Sort of, it's true crime brain. I'm absolutely I think sure it's of true it. Crime brain. Did you, you post do... some of your links? That could have been it. That could have been it. I didn't, cause I actually, I forgot about that account and maybe that was also the other thing. Like, cause I think you really have to be quite fastidious in terms of kind of concealing yourself and sort of like. You know, sometimes I, I've spoken to people who have like Reddit burner accounts and they'll sort of say things, they've said things like, you know, you'll have to, you, you have to just like post a lot of really weird stuff on lots of different subreddits to almost obfuscate what you're actually trying mm. to do. Um, oh, I'm definitely one of these people. I have right, like five yeah. different Reddit accounts varying uh, from personal use to work use. I have one that is like my name that I use for if oh I'm requesting God. interviews and stuff with folks. But I also then will very specifically 
um, use, you know, I really like interior design. And so I'm like, if I'm ever posting a photo of my apartment or something to like amateur room porn, I won't post that on any of the anonymous, like the personal Reddit accounts. I'll oh. post that on the one with my name because it's like, I don't yeah, want, yeah. that's a very easy way to trace it back. I think about this all the time. Mm. It's definitely yeah. a poster well, brain this, disease. This, yeah. And this is also something quite interesting because I was going to ask about like how, and we sort of touched on it a little bit, but in terms of like where blind sort of goes like going forward and just how people kind of think about anonymity going forward as well especially when i suppose like the stakes of it are much higher for people who may have like not really considered that in the past which is that like with reddit you know you kind of really well with places like reddit you really have to sort of make a lot of effort to obfuscate like who you're who you are um whether that's in terms of like not telling people in your real life about things that you're into or vice versa but on blind i imagine that even if you're sort of like an anonymous google worker it's not depending on what you post it's not really going to be that difficult to find out who you are if someone tried hard enough um and like at the same time i imagine somewhere like blind as well you can't obfuscating too much of your identity makes your posts not irrelevant but less punchy you do sort of need to be like i work at google and i work in this department and like here is kind of like the shit that's sort of happening and even if you're trying to sort of you know not tell too much you do need to have those details in in order to kind of you know blow off steam or to sort of like you know direct your kind of anger and towards someone um with blind expanding its services to basically help ceos um and in so doing kind of like putting I guess the question is like, does does the position that Blind is kind of moving towards in terms of wanting to help CEOs and managers of tech companies, does that kind of fundamentally mean that it will have to be more compromising when it comes to protecting the identities or, or at least sort of like saying that, you know, we kind of prize anonymity and we're going to protect the identities of people who are posting on our site? Like surely if they're going to do, if they're going to help one side, they, it, that has to come at the cost of another, right? They can't really have their cake and eat it too. Yeah, I'll answer this in two parts. One is the uh, view from Blind, because I definitely asked them about this as well, is my understanding is how Blind views this as their, they say like, obviously the only way that we continue to have a website and thriving platform is if we protect the anonymity of our users at all costs. And in, they say in every business decision, small or large that they make, they very specifically think about like, will this protect our users? Will this help make their conversation quality like better? And, uh, you know, how are we going to approach that? And then my personal take on it, I think, is very similar to yours in that it's like a there is an inherent tension here. It's like you have to kind of choose a side and it's difficult to make a product for the employer while also centering the um needs and wants of the employee and i think that, that is going to be blind's biggest challenge especially if they want to you know be a profitable tech company and pay back their visa like their investors i think that that is the issue that like all venture-backed firms deal with is how do we scale and grow at a pace that is um, what our investors want while also maintaining the uh, promises we've made to our community and kind of maintaining mm -hmm. that core part of the site and integrity. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I think I'm somewhat buoyed by the fact that Blind hasn't taken that much in like VC like funding. Um, yeah. I was talking to an early, like kind of a quasi co-founder in, one of the people who joined Blind right as they went to the U.S. and really helped them um, build out here and it helped with fundraising. And he was like, I would always talk to the two co-founders and be like, guys, we should be raising money like every year. We have a huge growing user base. People will give us lots of money. And they were like, no, we don't want to raise that. <laughs> like it, it, it will just take it slow, which is very unique. Mm. So I don't know. No, I, I know I wouldn't be able to maintain any kind of anonymous online presence. I would just I would just end up just outing myself like in the first like day because I would just post on the wrong account. I know I would. I just I absolutely can just visualize it. And also I can't I can't stop myself talking obsessively about the things that I talk obsessively about. So you just be able to just find me just like just like that. <laughs> this is also how I kind of feel about um 
in a similar way, like all the different Twitter clones there are now with mm. like fucking Twitter and X and Blue Sky and whatever else is like, I have no idea what I'm posting to at any given point. I'm mm. just like, this is the text app with a black background and I am sending my little thoughts out into the world. Mm. Um but so this, far, I've been is, able this to kind is, of keep this is it what, This is why, like, if you kind of if you come up with a kind of really, kind of, kind of really kind of sort of spicy observation, you don't remember what what app you're opening, and you end up putting on your Instagram stories, and like people who you went to school with are like, "Hmm, you know that Phoebe's like super weird now. Like she's, she's yeah, this is why I'm a Threads hater. She says, she says strange shit these days. I thought she was pretty normal, but now apparently, apparently not." Yeah, I don't need my uh, grandmother seeing my shit posts. Yeah. That's why I cannot use threads. Um, Patricia doesn't need that in her life. <laughs> she really, really doesn't. Um, on that note, I am a little bit mindful of time, so I think um, I think yeah. that might have to be where we where we where we leave it. But that's quite a, that's yeah. quite a nice uplifting note. Yeah. yeah. Paris's grandma's Instagram. <laughs> Yeah, keep keep compartmentalized yeah, like, and uh, respect Paris's grandma. Don't, don't make Everyone Patricia look Patricia. At, don't make Patricia look at things that she doesn't want to see. Don't make don't make her do that. Don't make her do that. Yeah. Um, but on that note, thank you, Paris, for joining us. We really appreciate it. If people want to read, um, we'll put a link to your piece uh, from the information in the show notes. But if people want to follow the work that you're doing, how can they do that? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Paris Martineau, and I'm on Blue Sky at uh, Paris.nyc. Cool. We'll put those in the show notes as well. Do check that out. Uh, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, bonus content on Patreon, as mentioned earlier. Five bucks a month really helps us uh, to continue doing the show and to continue doing it without ads. And also, there's lots of very good content on there. Uh, Phoebe, do you want to plug anything before we're out? Uh, sure. Uh, you can uh, subscribe to my Substack. You can listen to me and Milo's Seinfeld pod. Uh, I am writing more consistently for um, for my Substack now, um, although that's going to change over the next week because I'm back on deadline. But after after that, I will I will be um, I will be <laughs> a lot better about um, about writing stuff. For I've had this like kind of weird sort of period of just kind of low inspiration which i actually wrote about um kind of low inspiration and anhedonia and i've just been like i could write about that but oh, who cares who cares i don't care no content is the best content, i don't, I don't, I don't care i don't expect anyone else to care either um so uh so for more observations along that along that vein um <laughs> then please do please do please do subscribe um yeah it's going to be a, lo- a bit less denuded in the in the coming weeks and months. you're really selling this. i'm really selling it no well you know you know i'm assuming they <laughs> I, I assume they listen to it so i'm assuming that they don't like have a kind of particular uh particular kind of you know dislike for uh for me and my and my thoughts so just have, hoping to Hoping to uh, take advantage of that, of that presumably potentially false assumption. Mm. Mm. Uh, this show is produced by Devon. Follow them at Devon underscore on Earth and listen to their podcast. It's called Kill James Bond, and it's very very good. Uh, yep. And until next time, we'll catch you later. Bye. Bye.